0: Hello, i are officially here. really We have a But there were two people it took <laughs> oh God! I can
1: relate. Do you want to join us for prayer?
0: <laughs> Good morning. Good to see you, Brenda. I'm well. How are you? Good. <laughs> Stay right in the sun. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. going to sit in the sun.
0: There's, There's a little bit of
1: sun right beside Larry there too. morning everyone. It's good to see you all and welcome to Goshen Baptist Church. It's great if you are here with us in person or if you're joining us online as well, welcome to you as well today. We will be continuing on in our series on matters of faith. And you know, I am really impressed with all of you for raving the craziness of the weather and the roads that we've had. Hopefully your roads weren't too bad coming out this morning. Uh, It's great to be gathered together in the house of the Lord. Let's open our service in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the sunshine today. We thank you for the beauty of the world around us that we live in. Father, we thank you for this community of faith that we belong to. May your spirit be here amongst us today. Poured out amongst us as we learn and worship and praise your name. Father, thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you for this amazing group of people that you have brought together as Goshen Baptist Church. Bless us in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Good morning. Good morning. The call to worship this morning is a responsive reading of Psalm 107, verses 1 to 3 and 8 and 9. You will read the part in yellow. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he gathered from the land. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. For he satisfies the thirsty. He fills the hungry
0: with
2: good things. First hymn this morning is number 64 in your hymnals. Blessed be the name. Please stand and sing.
1: Thanks, Deb. (laughs) If you didn't hear what I said and you're online, uh, just ask me later. Send me an email. (laughs) This is our last week before Advent, believe it or not. Uh, Good thing we had snow to let us know that Christmas is coming. And so our series for Advent this year is going to be called Christmas Invitations. And it's all about how Jesus came and gathered with people around a table. It'll be a little bit atypical. We're not going to walk through the Christmas story each week. We're actually going to look at different times when Jesus was around a table with people as we think about what it means to invite others, the Christmas invitations that we have for our friends, for our family, and how we can invite them to be around the table with Christ and us. So that's a little teaser for what's going to come up for our Advent season starting next week please also remember that on Sunday December 4th at 5:30 in the afternoon will be our Christmas dinner it is an organized potluck if you haven't signed up is there still space Serena we have room for ten more people so if uh, you know of ten people or you don't know them you just see them walking by grab them <laughs> and bring them to dinner We would love to have them join us. Uh, There is a sign up at the back that would be helpful for us to know. If you haven't signed up yet, please do so. And if you want to bring friends and sign them up, go for it. Also remember that on Sunday, December 11th at 9.15 in the morning, we're going to have our Christmas-themed fun and fellowship. This is a time for us to socialize, to get to know one another, and to just have some fun together. There will be coffee and tea Uh, I think there might be some goodies. If you bring goodies, there will definitely be goodies. And uh, we will have some games. You don't have to take part in the games, but you can if you want. And there is bonus points awarded for anyone wearing Christmas-themed stuff. So that's always a good thing. You know my Christmas socks are coming out soon, right? And choir practice. Let's not forget that we have choir practice today as well after church. Are there any other announcements that need to be brought to our attention today? around. Excellent. Okay, very good. Please also remember that the importance of giving to the ongoing work of building the kingdom of God, that's what it's really about. As we give, it's about building God's kingdom. It's about the mission that we're on together. It's about honoring God through all the ways that he has blessed us. So let's take a moment and return thanks for the tithes and the offerings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have been given the privilege of being partners with you in building your kingdom. And one of the ways that we do that is through the act of worship, the sacrifice of giving to you. Father, take our tithes and our offerings we pray and use them for your glory. May we see it as more than just giving to the church, but may we really understand that it's about honoring you, that it's about your vision and being a partner in that. So bless these gifts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Next song that we're going to sing together, you might be familiar with. (coughs) It's down at number 343 in your hymnals, if you'd like to look that up, and Do any of the different parts of harmony that would be lovely it's amazing grace and it's such a reminder of what god has done for us and how he has rescued us let us stand and sing together this week I had the opportunity and privilege of going out and visiting with Marg and Jack Hardiman and I hadn't seen them in a while and it was it's good to connect with them um, Jack has uh, quite a bit of pain that he's in regularly he was telling me that he had oh, I think it was 11 shots for in his back for pain recently he said I had 12 needles the other day and he kind of chuckled he said I had 11 in the back and one in the arm when they took some blood <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was great to see them. Always a pleasure to have a visit with them. But he would like our prayers as well, uh, just for his own health. And also his brother Albert that we were praying for that's had cancer, um, he would like us to have him back on our prayer chain as well uh, for his health. And so we do have those names on there, just as point of reference. On my screen down here, it's actually cut off the bottom line, so I was just making sure it's actually showing That's good. Any updates for anybody else that we've been praying for or any praise items that you would like to share this week? Anything else that we should be, um, or anyone else that we should be praying for? If you didn't hear that, that was uh, Harry's brother, uh, Wayne's wife's mom, so uh, Wayne's mother in law. Uh, it was a Cooper family. She passed away at the uh, age of 92. But so just to pray for their family and, and care for them, and we will do that. Thank you, Carrie. Yes. Anything else today? Yes. Sandra? I have for I'm
0: so thankful that we didn't get snow that got around
1: right thank you that can be a praise item for sure that uh, we didn't get as much snow as some people did right um you know that's that's always my prayer is that god will give snow to those who want it (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness thank you yeah for sure let's go to the lord in prayer heavenly father we come before you today and we are we are grateful for your goodness we thank you that, indeed, um, our roads were not bad. We are grateful for all of those who care for the roads and, and the plows and salters and sanders. And Father, we ask for their safety on the roads as they work and help to keep them cleared on. Father, we thank you for the beauty of winter, the fresh-fallen snow with the sun that causes it to twinkle, it's really quite incredible this too is something that you designed we thank you for the beauty of winter we thank you for the times when we don't get it too heavy and Father we pray you'd be with those who are are navigating a heavy snowfall Father we lift up Wayne and his family and the loss of his mother-in-law the Cooper family ask that you would be with them that you would comfort them Father, we thank you for the the witness and the testimony of Mrs. Cooper's life and her faith in you. Father, we lift up our friends and our family members that are in need of your touch. Father, we ask that you would meet their needs. For my mother-in-law, Evelyn, we thank you that she's doing better. Pray that you would continue to help her Father, for Maddie, as she continues to have good days, but also bad days, we pray that you would carry her and her family through them, that they would know your presence, that you would be recognized as the one that can walk through them through the darkest valleys, that you also are there with us on the other side. Thank you for the good days. Father, we pray that in days to come, they would all be good days. Father, we thank you that Wilson is doing so much better and continue to pray for his full recovery. Father, we pray for June and the pain that she has and pray that you would comfort her. Father, that you would be with Louise Groom and Kim McKibben as they have their cancer struggles and now albert as well that we would lift them up to you and pray for their healing father that you would be with scott's aunt shirley shirley prance and meet her niece father i thank you for the visit with jack and marg and pray that you would be with jack and, and help him with his his oh, health hands. needs father we pray for angela and phil Continue, Father, to ask that you would care for them. Father, that you would be with Alma and Lloyd Anderson and meet their needs. Father, for Dave Callahan, we pray as well that you would continue to watch over him and, and, Father, that you would bring healing to his body. We lift up our sister churches of Eden Baptist and also of Green Hill's Christian Fellowship York. You would bless those communities of faith, Father. And you would strengthen them. Father, be with us today. Speak to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next song that we're going to sing together is Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. It's found at number 21. Please stand.
2: scripture reading this morning is Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us he answered i was sent only to the lost sheep of israel the woman came and knelt before him lord help me she said he replied it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs yes it is lord she said even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table then jesus said to her woman you have great faith your request is granted and her daughter was healed at that moment.
1: Thank you, Scott. It's a pretty short passage. Probably don't get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to really focus in on that passage today, though. We're going to look at a couple of different passages in Matthew 15. Have you ever been hungry? I mean, you might you might be hungry right now. Depends on whether you skip breakfast to get out the door on time. Have you ever been really hungry? You know, like, really hungry. I've been really hungry. My Part of my problem is I want to lose weight, but I'm... I like food right Um, and and when there's food available then I tend to eat it and when I'm trying to cut back on food you know what happens I get hungry and then I want food all right what makes you hungry now tell me what makes you hungry but first let me just share smell of fresh baked bread I could have eaten a four-course meal and if somebody bakes fresh bread, I want a piece. I'm just, I'm just down for that. What makes you hungry? Is there so, anything that really like gets your taste buds going? Tell me. Apple pie. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Aromas from the kitchen. It really doesn't matter what. You must have a great kitchen then. Fried onions. Okay. Fried onions. All right. Anything else? What are your favorite food smells?
0: Roast
1: turkey. Hey, roast turkey, steak on the barbecue. My mm. <laughs> <laughs> another one of my favorites is I don't know if we've ever had this, but wood-fired pizza. Oh my gosh, that stuff is amazing you stop and think about what you get hungry for. Hunger reveals a need. Now sometimes it's maybe not as strong a need as we think it is. But when we think about how, what do you hunger for? It talks about a need, doesn't it? And sometimes we, we talk about, when we say, what do you get hungry for? We're talking about food. But sometimes people get hungry for other things too, don't they? We use that in a different way. We're going to tackle that a little bit in our passage today in Matthew it tells us that Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon now you may or may not know where that is so let's take a look at a map in this map we have uh, the big blue section there is the Mediterranean Ocean and down here we can see there's Jerusalem up here this area where it says Tiberias that's the Sea of Galilee and so this is the area where Jesus was and Jesus was in That area, but he was going up to that area. He was going up to the coast. Do you know what's in Tyre and Sidon? A great beach. Jesus withdrew. Did you notice that word? Jesus withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Now maybe he was going there to do ministry. But when we see in scriptures the word withdrew, Jesus was often going to recharge his batteries. Jesus withdrew to that area. Jesus went to the beach to hang out with his disciples and play frisbee. That's not what it says in the Bible, but according to me, that's probably what happened, right? He was working on his tan. He was having a good time, relaxing with his disciples, getting recharged by his father. Why was he there? That's my theory. But if we look at the Bible about Tyre and Sidon, where we see other passages about it, we find out that this area is what's traditionally known as the Lebanon area. They were enemies, often, of Israel. And they were pagan. It was not a Jewish area. It was not a place that God was really worshipped. might seem like a strange place to go. As a matter of fact, when Jesus told his disciples, we're going to go to Tyre and Sidon, they might have pulled a face like this said, are you kidding me? Why would we go there? That's where all the pagan people are, all the unclean. Of course, you know my theory, Jesus was going to the beach. But anyways, Jewish people must have also lived in that area if it was part of his ministry. Jewish people had been scattered all over the place. Sometimes it was for business. They would go to a different town, a different city, a different place just to do business. Then there was this woman. Jesus is withdrawn. Left the busyness of the Sea of Galilee and all the ministry there, and he withdrew, and this woman comes up to him while he's on the beach with his tumbler next to him with a need. She says, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me on a second. This woman was Canaanite. Canaanites were pagans. And what does she call him but Lord and Son of David? That's really quite surprising. She must have heard something about Jesus, about who he was. Tells us something about this woman. That her faith was not that of a pagan anymore. Or maybe she was just desperate. She said, my daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. We know Jesus, right? Jesus cares about people. He's compassionate towards people. And so we would expect that the next thing Jesus does is he heals her. He says, oh, I'm sorry to hear it. That must be awful. Let me fix that. Jesus did not answer the word. And we're like, what? What? what happened to jesus i mean is is he burnt out like has he just done too much ministry is that what's going on why is he like this and he says send her away oh excuse me the disciples say send her away for she keeps crying out after us and you're like what's with the disciples i thought they were supposed to be nice too haven't they learned anything from jesus all right moment of truth i don't want to see any hands If you want to nod ahead, that's fine, you can. But we all know that this world has provided us with some incredible technology called call display. Do you know where I'm going with this? Right? The phone rings, ring, ring. That's an old phone. And you look over, and you go, ugh. I'm not answering that. It's them. I don't want to answer that call. Or it's a, let's be nice. It's the telemarketers. Is that being nice? I don't know. Uh, it's the telemarketers. I'm not answering that. I don't recognize. It says unknown number. Not picking it up. Jesus had withdrawn to recharge his batteries. He was not there to do ministry. And this woman comes to him with a need. And you kind of feel like Jesus has said, "Talk to the hand."' You're like, "What's going on? What's with Jesus?" And when the disciples say to him, to send this woman away, which is also bizarre to us, he then says something else bizarre: "I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. I'm only going to help the Jewish people, and we're once again like, "What? Jesus, What is wrong with you?" Is this really a Bible story? Is this really the same Jesus? The woman didn't give up. She wasn't rebuffed. She came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. Now, this is twice now where well, she has called him Lord. In the Canaanite community, in their world, their Lord was Veil. His name means Lord. She said, "No, the Veil." Lord, help me. Tyre was known for having a healing center where they could heal anybody. They would, that was their their pride. They could heal anything. And this woman had been failed by them. Her daughter was demon-possessed and suffering terribly, who only knows the difficulties that she was going through. There's another story in scriptures where there was a a man who brings his son to him, and this son that was demon-possessed, and sometimes he would roll into the fire and hurt himself. At night, they would kind of get close to the fire for warmth, thrash around. Who knows? In our enlightened society, we might be tempted to think, well, demon-possession doesn't happen, really. It's probably just epilepsy, or it's probably just something else. Human possession still happens. The spirits are still real. Here's Jesus hanging out on the beach, and this woman who won't go away. It's kind of like you know you looked at the call display and you didn't answer it. Eventually, it stops ringing. What happens three minutes later? Go ahead, tell me. Call back. Call back. Are you kidding me? Lord, help me. And Jesus said, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And we're like, he said that? Really? How could he do that? Now, we might be tempted to think of, you know, dogs are all right. You know, if you're a dog person, you might think that's okay. But let's say coyote. Maybe people are less fuzzy about coyotes. You know, something that is unpredictable. Something that is dangerous. That was what dogs were like. That was the insult of the dogs back then. It was considered beneath people. It was an insult. you got to remember as well that Tyre and Sidon were in Lebanon. That was what we would think of as the old Persian kingdoms, the people that were the enemies of God. They were pagan. So a regular Jewish person might refer to somebody from that area as dogs. We wonder, why would Jesus say that? Is there something else that is going on? Is it possible that Jesus was actually testing her in that moment to see about the genuineness of her faith? The funny thing is, Jesus said this comment that was obviously clearly meant to be insulting and she did not protest whatsoever. She was hungry. She was not hungry for food, but she had a need, right? Hunger reveals a need. She was hungry for her daughter. She was desperate that Jesus... Somebody would heal her, would deliver her daughter from this possession. So we ask, was he testing her? Was he testing her? You know, I got to say, she was consistent. She repeatedly called him Lord, she repeat, repeatedly went to him. She kept going back. There was that return call back over and over to Jesus. She was consistent and she was insistent, I need you, I have a need, help me. Crumbs, oh that's generous Jesus, is that all you're going to give? That was what the woman was willing to take, I'll take even the crumbs, the scraps from the table might be a better idea, right? You know, you have the little bits of food that nobody else is going to eat, and you give them to the dog. <laughs> That's the idea. I'll take even that from you, Jesus, because that would be enough. What incredible faith. She said, dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Dogs will eat the scraps from their master's table. I may be a dog in your sight, but I'm okay with that. Just give me what I need, that little bit. Fill this hunger. Fill this need. Even back then, they would have dogs as pets sometimes, some people. It might even be this cute. This is my brother Steve's new pet dog. This is Oakley. Very darn adorable, eh? Sometimes when we think about the dogs, we think of the mangy, the scruffy. But you know, dogs can be really beloved as well by their master, can't they? And Jesus' response was interesting. Because she was so persistent, because she was consistent. He said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. She knew that even the scraps from Jesus would be enough. Matthew reminds us that Jesus then returned to the Sea of Galilee. Beach vacation was over. You know, they, like any all-inclusive, you've got to pick your time. It's a week, nine days, ten days. It doesn't matter. Eventually it comes to an end. You've got to go back to work. Let's take a look at Matthew 15, verses 29 to 38, to see what happens next. So Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. <coughs> Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. That might seem strange to us, but did you know that mountains provide a natural amphitheater? It helps your voice to carry. And so he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. healed them. People were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the cripple made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. What's kind of amazing is that Jesus is not in a Jewish territory anymore. These are Gentiles. Jesus had been to the Jews, he had seen them over and over again. And there were times when they just weren't listening, they just weren't believing. And now he was in an area of Gentiles, bringing healing to those who were on the outside. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have been with me three days, excuse me, they have already been with me three days and have have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd how many loaves do you have Jesus asked seven they said and a few small fish he told the crowd to sit on the ground then he took the seven loaves and the fish and when he had given thanks he broke them and gave them to the disciples and they gave them to the, and they in turn to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. All of the hungry were fed. Afterward, the, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men plus women and children. 4,000 men plus women and children. Hunger reveals a need. Jesus went back to ministry. He went back to the Sea of Galilee. He went back to this area and there were crowds of people with need. They were hungry for healing. They were hungry for God. People were hungry for more than just for food. And Jesus met their needs. He healed them. Can you imagine three days of that? Three days of these crowds bringing people to Jesus over and over and over and over. No wonder he needed a beach vacation. And at the end of three days, whatever they might have brought with them for food was gone. And they were hungry. And Jesus had compassion on them. And compassion means to suffer with somebody. It's not just about having sympathy for somebody. It's about seeing their need and going, yeah, yeah, I get that. I can see that. I can feel that. And he fed them. This is the second time, right? We remember the feeding of the 5,000 with the Israelite people, the Jewish people. Now here's the feeding of the 4,000 people for the outsiders, the Gentiles. Hunger reveals a need. And just like it did back then, it does today as well. People in our world, people around us are hungry for more than just food. You're a smart bunch. You tell me. What are people hungry for? What are people hungry for? Love. Sorry? Companionship. Thank you. louder? Security. Security. Yeah, and that can mean a lot of things, can't it? Food security, job security, security in relationships, security in our economy, probably lots of other things. What are people hungry for? Recognition. Recognition. It's easy for people to feel invisible, isn't it? It's easy for people to not feel like their contribution matters. What are people... Sorry? Forgiveness. Forgiveness, Acceptance. freedom, Freedom. Joy and contentment. There was a man named Augustine. He lived a long, long time ago. And he talked about the fact that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. It comes out of a passage in the Bible. And he talked about the fact that essentially we all have, as human beings, we all have a spot, a need, a hunger within us for God. Everyone. All of human beings. And some people will reject that. They will say, no, no. That's not what it is, but you know what? There's something still that at three in the morning isn't right. They may not know that that hunger is for God. People are hungry in a lot of ways. We're doing something right here to help them, which is amazing, for that material need of hunger, that food need of hunger. We... I'll have needs. What are you hungry for? I think sometimes it's easy for us as human beings to feel like the coyote, to feel like the, the mangy, unwanted, maybe unreliable dog. We are hungry. We're hungry for acknowledgement, we're hungry for love we are hungry for relationship. God wants to provide all of that. He provides some of it directly and he provides some of it indirectly through us, through the church. We may see ourselves like this, but God sees us like this. We are the beloved puppy dog. And the lost are the beloved puppy dog. Kind of an amazing thing really and the scraps or the crumbs that jesus gives are enough for us they're enough to meet our needs they're enough for us to go out and help meet the needs of others answer their hunger to fill their hunger so god calls us to be like this pagan woman to be consistent, to come to him with our needs. We might think a need is too big. We might think that that hunger is too great or that it's too little. I shouldn't bother him with that. We are called to go to the one who can provide in miraculous ways. We are to be insistent ourselves and for others we look at the needs around us as we're aware of needs around us in our community be the voice for those who need a voice there are a lot of hungry people Jesus has promised that he will provide for us he will feed our needs in the world around us people are hungry can be easy to think of them as the coyotes, right? Oh, not them. Not that person. God, can I? No, not him. Oh, not her. God, I don't want to. No. No. Your phone. Not them. It's not how Jesus sees them. Jesus sees the needs. He recognizes the hunger, and he has the answer for each of them. Sometimes that answer is you and me. We are the ones to fill the needs. We are the ones to be sensitive to those needs. So may we be moved to compassion as Jesus was. May we recognize the hunger around us and respond to it. May we openly and honestly turn to Jesus with our hunger and be unafraid to be insistent. Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need this. For he sees us as this cute puppy. He sees us as his beloved one. He wants to fill our hunger. He wants us to fill the hunger of others too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to fill the empty places and the empty spaces. The one who can Take care of all of the hunger that we have. All of our deepest, most quiet, most urgent needs. Help us to be real. Help us to be insistent. Help us to be persistent and help us to be consistent. Help us to be the voice of others who have a need around us. May we be the answer to their hunger. Whether that is for need, a need of love, compassion, whatever it is, help us to be open and aware and responsive to those needs. Father, we lift up the hungry to you in all forms of hunger. Know that you are the answer. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to be your presence. Help us to be your voice. That we may lift up the downtrodden. That they may know that they are not the coyote, but they are the beloved puppy. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. final hymn together that we're going to sing is leaning on the everlasting arms number 575 a great reminder of the one that provides for us that will fill our hunger is the one that we can lean on let us stand and sing together What are you hungry for? What is the world hungry for? Jesus is the answer. So let us go forth from this place. Let us be Jesus Christ to others. Let us take him with us. Let us speak up for those who are hungry. Let us meet the needs as he moves us with compassion. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Amen.